Hello, I'm Kristen McDonald, and thanks so much for tuning in. Are you driven by purpose? Whitney Vosberg is co-founder of Work the Future Today, a social venture that offers vision, leadership, and solutions for maximizing personal, organizational, and societal potential. Whitney is also co-founder of Brand New Purpose, a transformational consultancy firm that creates purpose-driven opportunities. He graduated with an M.A. in Religious Leadership for Social Change from Graduate Theological Union, and he also holds a BFA from Parsons School of Design in New York City. His expertise on the future of work has been featured in four different books, including the bestseller by Dan Pink. And if this isn't enough, Whitney is also an artist whose work has been featured in exhibitions throughout the world. And his latest book, Work the Future Today, is now in paper book and soon to come on audio. So welcome, Whitney. I'm so delighted to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Fascinating background, as I said earlier. Uh, so tell us what led you to, to write this book and why is the old model of uh, profit first, you know, versus purpose, you know, changing and why is it so important and why are you writing about it? I have been most fortunate to have lived, studied, and worked around the world. And uh, whatever is noticeably different about people in terms of race, color, ethnicity, religion, culture, language, uh, is that my basic takeaway is we're all the same. We all need and want the same things. You have the basic needs of food, shelter, education, health uh, health care. But beyond that, we all need uh, to feel connected, to belong, to feel important as if we're making a contribution uh, and that we're leaving the world in a a better place. What's happening is that 9 out of 10 people in the workplace are in the wrong job. They're either underemployed, misemployed, uh, unemployed, uh, people are just not fulfilling their potential. We all have unique gifts to share with the world, and most people don't know what they are. They don't know how to find them, share them, with whom best to share them with, and how best to share them. What's happening in the overall world is that we're shifting from the old story of profit first with a focus on shareholders and with a triple bottom line of Profit, people, planet. What's now emerging is an alternative to that, which is the new story of purpose first with a focus on stakeholders, which includes shareholders, and with a new triple bottom line of planet, people, profit. Because if there's no planet, there's no people. If there's no people, there's no profit. It's that simple. You know, I, I really resonated with me when I read about it because as I've gotten older and and especially since I lost part of my eyesight, I learned so much more about my purpose in life and, you know, looking, reflecting back on different jobs I've had and, like you said, people that I've known where you've been sort of pigeonholed or stuck in a job because you didn't have a choice at the time or mm-hmm. you didn't get to really explore you know, that that feeling you had when you were 10 years old or 5 years old of what you really wanted yes. to do. 
And many people yeah. get lost. They have five kids. They, they're working two jobs. They don't have the time. They're doing Uber on the side. I talk to people every day when I'm in Uber about this. Purpose is so important. Purpose is what, it, what makes all of us. It's the reason why we're here. Purpose is like oxygen for the soul. Yes, yes, that's so well said. And so how do people find their purpose? How do they go back if they've missed it and they're in a midlife crisis or are they, you know, they didn't get that opportunity, you know, that some of us have golden opportunities to do anything we want and some don't even do what they're, they're set out to do. They're afraid, you know, they don't work hard enough or they're just um, intimidated. You uh, mentioned sight. Sight is a wonderful gift. Some of us are not born with it. Some of us lose it. What is is as or more important in life is not the visual sight. It's the insight. Yes. Because everything that we need to know, we generally do know by the time we've become full adults at, let's mm-hmm. say, age 35. All the answers are deep inside us. No one else can tell us where they are, how to be found, or what they are. We need to be our own leaders, to find and follow our path as our own leader. All I call it my third are, eye. Yes, exactly. It is your third eye in, in those terms. Uh, it's having deep insight to what lies inside us beyond our ego mind beyond the chattering monkeys of, of the mind. Mm-hmm. And you can call it your soul, your spirit, your chi, your prana, your life force. It doesn't matter what you call it. We all have it. And by turning down the volume on the monkey mind and on what happens in the world beyond us, which is all an illusion anyway, because the world isn't, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. It's a projection. So we need, and only true reality is a personal internal reality. We have to look inside for what is real to us. Because what's real to us is not real to anyone else. So we have to slow down, turn down the volume, and become more intimate with ourselves, our true selves. Because most of us are strangers to ourselves, as well as to one another. Yes, and too afraid to hear the, you know, to be quiet, to be left alone. And that's yes. when the, you know, the great yogis say that's when the answers come. That's right. Uh, because the old story of profit first is driven by fear. And mm-hmm. it's not fear of failure. It's fear of success, of truly finding and living out our exponential potential for greatness, mm-hmm. which is different from each and every person. Yeah. So we need to develop mindful practices to develop our inner eye and our inner ears so that we can listen to the yearnings of our soul that are it's always there so we have direction to bubble up well by slowing down turning down the volume 
to mm-hmm. listen to ourselves, the yearning of our soul or our life force, mm-hmm. is to listen to where all the stories are, where our true self-worth is, uh, all the answers. So it has to, we're going from our head, our, our intellect, to our mm-hmm. heart, is the seat of our emotional intelligence, down right. to our gut, where our intuitive intelligence is. And so sometimes we're talking heart. against that gut, saying, no, we can't do it. No, I can't afford to do this. No, I don't have enough hours to do this. No, this won't sit with, with so-and-so. No, I may not make it. Uh, Victor Frankl wrote an incredibly powerful book about choice. Uh, he was a uh, concentration camp survivor, a Viennese Jew, and he wrote a book called A, uh, a Man's Search for Meaning. And his major takeaway was, no matter what, we always have a choice. No matter what. And it's basically three things. We can act, we can choose not to act, or we can react. Most of us are in reaction mode. We're Mm -hmm. running around like chickens without a head with our panic button permanently jammed. (laughs) And we're seeking momentary distraction through entertainment, bad news, anti-social media, drama, there's always a choice. Do we turn it off? Do we turn it on? It's Escapism in the digital world. Yes, yes, which, yes. which leads to alienation. Oh, yes, yes. Between yes. Uh, one another and, and uh, our true selves. Oh, yeah, they say that people who are on Facebook, you know, more than... Uh, you know, the, the, the highest, the people who search Facebook the most or on social media the most are often the most severely depressed. Yes, because it's not real. It's a mirage. It's a vanity parade. It's people presenting themselves as they wish to be seen. It's not as they are. Yes, the perfect life, the perfect pictures and... Um, Instagram, and I was here, there, everywhere. You know, some of it's fun. I'm talking about the people who are serial, uh, you know, digital users. You know, we all use social media to a degree. So what do you what do you suggest in your book? Where does it start? Does it start first with the individual? Do you have exercises? Do you, do you think that this should be incorporated into corporations, you know, into human resources? Where does it start? You talk about community. I, I, I would start in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Our, our educational system is supremely flawed and failing us evermore. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we're, we're uh, creating, uh, making it harder and harder to be a teacher, to, to live and survive as a teacher, as well as uh, delivering ever less dollars uh, to our educational systems. Uh, so you think it should start in a program in, in kindergarten? I, I, I believe medita- meditation and other mindful practices should start at a very young age. Oh, that would be a beautiful thing. It, it, you, it, 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 you can think of it as mental mastery. Yeah. Um, so that we, the ego serves us. We don't serve the ego. Mm-hmm. So in do you, uh, work, do you meditate every day? I do. 
any particular practice, or do you, you know, do you have the um, Mm-hmm. The, the beautiful thing uh, about meditation and all things that are truly worth having and doing in life is it's simple. Is it easy? No. But it's very simple. My meditation practice is based on breath. The breath comes in, have a momentary rest, and then it goes out. And then you concentrate on that. It's so simple. But yet, so what if your mind travels? Do you follow the word or a word? No, or I, just, I, I, you just no, let yourself I, I, travel? I, I, I don't practice uh, TM. I don't have a, a mantra. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I practice uh, a yogic um, uh, slash Buddhist uh, breath-oriented uh, meditation, uh, which mm-hmm. is it's so that uh, my my intelligence beyond that of my ego is able to bear witness to what simply is. Breath in, stop, breath out, repeat, mm-hmm. repeat, repeat. And if my mind drifts off, then I just gently nudge it back to, without uh, admonishing myself, saying, oh, yes, and there a thought went, and now I'm back. Now I'm breathing. And my breath goes in, my breath goes out. But the thing is, any mindful practice is a practice well worth having and doing. For some, it's walking in nature. For others, it's being in service to others. For others, it's praying. For others, it's singing. It doesn't matter what it is. The fact is, it works for you. Mm-hmm. You do mm-hmm. it on a regular basis so that it grounds you in what is deep inside you so that you can t- connect with what's truly you with other things that then you hold true in the real world. So when did you discover all of this? I mean, throughout your study, or did you have parents who implemented this, you know, into your uh, daily practice, or was it something that evolved as you were older? Uh, I've always been interested in uh, spirituality and spiritual uh, practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved uh, from New York City to Berkeley, California, when I was 40, and uh, it was then I, I took up uh, meditation and yoga. Mm-hmm. But then I would also go on spiritual retreats, uh, started uh, walking pilgrimages. So I, I took, um, as well as being an artist and interested in landscapes and then later on developed an interest in gardening and became a master gardener, is, is spending, investing my time and energy in experiences that were simple, rich, in the moment, being intimate with myself and connecting with nature, human nature, and the universe. We're all part of the universe, which means we are all magnificent. Yeah, one of my favorite practices is walking on the ocean. You know, that really centers me. Wonderful. Yeah. You know, some people love gardening, as you say, some people, and I love doing yoga. I mean, there's a whole list of things. But um, so so tell us about, do you have a a step-by-step process in the book? Yes, uh, very much so. We have two books, uh, Work the Future. The first one's Work the Future Today, 
finding uh, your path to purpose, passion, and profit. I love that. The sec- second one is for Future Today 2019 Pocket Pal, a faster path to purpose, passion, and profit. So the first book is an atlas of change, how to neg- negotiate your life amidst tremendous change and shifts and transitions. The second book is a small book. It fits in your pocket, your purse. You can take it with you. And it has, it's more like a guidebook so that whatever your situation, your context is, you can go to the appropriate chapter. And each chapter has three actionables and two resources so that you actually have things like, oh, I'm in this X situation, so uh, here's a, a actionable Y and uh, here's a resource Z. Uh, so that the two books combined have a three-step process, which provides you with a path to find and follow your North Star made up of your purpose, your place, and your practice. Yeah, I love that North Star. I was reading some of your book, uh, you know, on the computer, and uh, I love the whole reference to the North Star. You know, that's great. Yes, because it, no matter what, where you came from, where you are, where you're going, how you're going to get there, is that the North Star of your purpose and passion will provide you with a sense of direction as well as an actual direction and a filter by which to measure against anything you're thinking of doing. It's like, does this fit with my purpose, my reason for being here, my why, my calling, or not? Yes? No, or maybe. So it's super important. So it's it's about going from the head to the heart to the hands. Our mm-hmm. head is the home of our why, which is our destiny. Our heart is the home, the place of our who and our where. So you can think of the head is the home of our unique gift or gifts that we are here to share with the world. Our heart is the seat, the home of our community, of stakeholders. Who do we best share our unique gift or gifts with, and where do we find them? And then moving out from there, we move to our hands, which is the home of our practice, our how. How do we best share our unique gift or gifts with the people who most benefit from it? That's beautiful, you know, because they say that most people at the end of their life have got a famous quote, was it Emerson, or, you know, it's not so much what you uh, regret, you know, it's not so much the people regret what they did do, it's what they didn't do at the end of their life, you know. Yes. And it's so vital that, you know, if you have that calling and that voice, you know, and a gift, you're, you're really robbing the world if you're not following your purpose. Yes. Uh, and, and so we have... Uh, massive, catastrophic loss of gift to ourselves and to one another and to the world. And to society. And, and there's society. such a difference when you see someone, when they're thriving and they're, they're, they're loving what they do. They do it for free. Yes. They do it for, yes. 
18 hours a day. They do it instead of, you know, the executives are saying, I have 150 emails. I still have to answer. And, you know, why did I choose this career? And, again, right. you know, it's not that simple. So many of us get locked into it, you know, or we don't, uh, you know, my whole thing is second vision. Or sometimes you get knocked off the path, and uh, second vision is all about reinventing, you know, your, your vision when the first one fails. So uh, your book is a lot about that too, reinventing yourself, you know, and, and finding another purpose. If you if you can't get on the north star to the first road that you thought was ahead, you know, to to making something different and making something good out of it. Yes, uh, the most important life skill in the 21st century is self reinvention. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. What do they say? Like I spoke at a university a few years ago and. Some of my research proved. I think you know the the millennials will sometimes have up to twelve jobs in their in their lifetime, and some of them haven't even been created yet. Yes, very much so. So uh, you know, and, and what goes with uh, uh, you know, so some of the key attributes of what makes lifelong self reinvention possible is resiliency, curiosity. Yes. Creativity, playfulness, acceptance, acceptance, gratitude, and lifelong learning. Yes, yes, action. Those are my three triple A's: acceptance, appreciation, and action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so tell us about some of your success stories with with individuals or corporations. You know that uh, that led you to to get out there and write this book. And also, I want to tell the listeners it is available on Kindle. And soon to be an audio, right? Are you going to do Audible yes, it, or? It, 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 uh, I'm not sure the form yet, but yes, it will be out on uh, audio by the end of this year, uh, perhaps sooner. It's also available on in paperback as well as in a Kindle. Or, or, okay, Kindle. great, great. So, oh, and an ebook too. That's easy for yes. for some people who are visually impaired at this point. Right, because they can blow up the the, the size yes. of the type. Yes, the screen reader uh, will read it. Right, mm-hmm. right. That that as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, what I have found is because I've been a lifelong independent knowledge worker, uh, consultant, is that I've worked with hundreds of individuals, startups, mom and pop shops, mid-sized companies, right up to Fortune five companies. The only, there's only two kinds of organizations. There's startups and restartups. The only thing difference is scale and complexity. But they all need and, and same thing, which is clarity of actionable purpose. Mm-hmm. Why am I or we here? What's important to us? What's important to the people who are stakeholders, our community, and how do we best share our unique gifts with them? And it doesn't matter if it's one person or a million people. It's just a matter of complexity and scale. It's the same premise. Yeah, absolutely. It's what's mm-hmm. our North Star. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, I was working with a VP of marketing at a Silicon Valley startup. A very bright, heart-centered woman. She was deeply unhappy. So we went out for lunch and said, you know, I'd like to discuss um, 
my life at, at this company. I, I believe in, in what they do and uh, good people. It's just I'm deeply unhappy and, and unsatisfied. And I said, well, what is your gift? What's your calling? And she said, I am a human relationship expert. That is my passion. That's what I've studied on the side. And I said, well, why don't you work the future today, which is to start creating your future now so that you can transition out of your job and into your future. So she went to school, became a psychotherapist, a very noted and much beloved marriage counselor, media recognition, awards, super happy in her life so that she stopped everything, looked inside, found the answers within herself, and then acted upon them. And it took her a number of years, but she is so happy. Her clients are happy. Their families are happier. That is a fantastic story. They're happier workforce down in Silicon Valley. So whoever lives she's touched, their lives touched, you know, the ripple effect, uh, is amazing. This is just one person. You know, and I love that. And also, you know, people aren't retiring as early. They can't afford to anymore. So I, I meet people all the time who are, who are, you know, going back for degrees in their 60s and 50s and, uh, you know, and, and uh, doing other things, doing, you know, what they wanted to do earlier in life and didn't get a chance to. Retirement is a dirty word. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, it's, uh, it's a recent invention. It's greatly misunderstood, and they should be tossed on the, the uh, garbage heap of history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, I agree. You can only die well if you live well. Right, right. To die well is to have as few regrets as possible and to look back and say, wow, I found my calling, my unique gift or gifts, and I shared it with myself and the world. I made the world a better place. I was more joyous, more passionate, more energetic. I made a difference. I helped Actually, someone those, else. I helped other people. I helped myself. Yeah. We helped each other. We're all... We are were better together because of I had developed the courage to look inside and act on it. And instead of being stuck in the mud, you leave a footprint. Yes. A footprint to the North Star. Well, it sounds like a fantastic book. You've worked with all these different Silicon Valley companies, you know, the Fortune companies, and I was reading all your background. And can you share with the listeners, too, about your art? Your your you know your background so unusual. Did you come from a family of artists? Of artists? Yes, uh, I'm a fourth generation artist. Uh, my two daughters uh, went to art school, uh, so it's it's a family tradition. Um, on now what kind of, of art? Family. Uh, well, uh, my great grandfather, my grandmother, my mother, all painters. I also am a uh, painter, but I also I work in probably fifteen different media. Anywhere from uh, paint to photography to drawing to assemblage, collage, jewelry, glass, ceramics, wood. It goes on from there. Jewelry. 
fantastic. Uh, I, just, I just I just like to um, play and and make things and turn this into that. And it's a metaphor for life. It, it's, mm-hmm. Life is a series of transitions, and it's you know it's we're always going from this to that, and we're turning mm-hmm. this into that. And the most mm-hmm. interesting part is not what we were or were doing or are will be doing. It's 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 the the, the, the real interesting uh, time and experience is the transition from one to another thing. It's what the Buddhists call beginner's mind, where we are challenged because we're trying something new. We don't know how to do it. We're new, so it, it's mysterious, it's challenging, it's exciting, it's difficult, and this is where we grow. Oh, yes. It's like growing a muscle at the gym. You know, unless you That's stress right. that muscle, you know, if you're in the same place all the time, you're, you're stagnant. You're not learning. You're not growing. Yes. So it's so, so it's, important to have a, a, long, yeah. a lifelong series of learning and playing opportunities where yeah. we're continually stimulated, uh, invited to grow beyond our comfort level. Because the thing is, the brain is like a young kid. It needs mm-hmm. constant entertainment. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. entertainment of enter- entertaining possibility, of, of, of finding and growing our potential to grow. Mm-hmm. Because we're either growing or we're shrinking. If we're growing, we're adding new capabilities to our mind, growing new neural path, path, uh, pathways in our mind, new connections. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, or we're, we're shrinking, and if we're shrinking, we're dying. So oh, yeah. Choice. Are well, we growing and li- living, or are we shrinking and dying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a cute story on NBC News, uh, or maybe it was the Today Show, just a few days ago about this two-year-old who was uh, creating this color palette, painting, you know, and now her work has been featured in various museums. Mm-hmm. And she's only two, and she barely knows what she's doing, but the colors, the, the various colors that she puts together were so incredible that they featured it in a few you know, museums. I forgot where. I just was listening to it while I was having my coffee. I thought it was so cute, you know, when you're talking about creating and starting in kindergarten. So, yes. It, it, well, she knows what she's doing. It's she knows what she's doing. Most people are highly capable artists in their mm-hmm. young age up until seven. Our mm-hmm. educational system uh, kills it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never succumbed to that. So, uh, you know, how do I make art... Uh, difference between uh, the artists in my family that have come before me and, and myself is that I express what I have felt and experienced, not right. what I see. So I, I am an abstract uh, expressionist. Beautiful. I wish I could see it, but I'm seeing it as you describe it, and that's just as good. So, Whitney, it's just a wonderful conversation, and I, we could go on forever, but we're, we're um, a little bit short on time now. So I just want you to offer, you know, to, to tell the listeners where they can get your book again and your website, and if you do webinars or anything like that, or what kind mm-hmm. of, you know, are you out there coaching now, or you're just, you're, in, you're, you're consulting with all these firms, right? So you don't work with individuals, per se? I, I occasionally uh, coach individuals. Uh, mm-hmm. Particularly if they're in a uh, leadership position, right? So yes, so the the two books work the future today, 
are mm-hmm. available on Amazon as a paperback and as a Kindle ebook. Later on, it will be available as a audiobook. And they can be found on Amazon. And more information can be found on our website, which is www.workthefuture.today. Wonderful. I have a, uh, my brother runs a company, he's the CEO, and he loves reading things like this. I'm going to turn him on to your book. And many other people that I know who are sometimes uh, tired at the end of the day and looking for a fresh restart. So thank you so much for everyone for listening today. My guest has been Whitney Vosberg, author of Work the Future Today. And remember, find your purpose and your life will be a lot more fulfilling. Have a blessed day. I'm Kristen McDonald.